This is We Are Not These People, the improvised world of Brendan Pelsu and Natasha Haverty. So, uh, you guys might remember our last episode. We played two tourists who were lost, tr- lost and trying <laughs> to find a cemetery. And they never got there. No. But what was waiting for them, if they'd gotten there... Uh, is this audio tour of the cemetery. The only other thing you need to know about this episode is we have this imag- this town we've made up, and it's called Kittiwaki. And in today's episode, different characters are going to say the name of that place again, again and again, Kittiwaki, Kittiwaki. So now you know it's our made-up imaginary town. The truth is out. Here is a cemetery tour. Welcome to the Ransom Hill Cemetery. This audio tour was created by the Kittiwaki Historical Society and produced by students of the Kittiwaki High School Audiovisual Club under the supervision of Mr. Garthwaite. In this tour, you will hear dramatic life stories from the men and women buried here. The dead people are played by the living members of the Kittiwaki Historical Society and other Kittiwaki residents. <laughs> Behold their graves. Behold their stories. Behold Kittiwaki's past come to life. Grave number 25. Amos Ridge, born 1833, died 1850. Played by Pip Fox. Oh, hello there. My name's Amos Ridge, son of Lawrence and Ella Ridge. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to stay here and talk to you for long because I'm on my way to work at the brand new mill. Boy, working at the mill sure is different than my life before my parents' farm in Durham, New Hampshire. Of course, we got up early to milk the cows, egg the chickens, and all the such chores as cleaning the barn, moving the hay, jam making, and pickles. It was called a pickle farm. But of course, if a visitor came by, there was always time to sit on the porch and talk, and no foreman telling you to get back to work. Now that's all changed. Bell rings at 5 a.m., and I have to be at the mill by 5.30, then lunch from 12 to 12.30, then tea break, 4.30 to 5, then more work from 5 to 7, and then home again. Food is provided by the boarding house. That's why I have it in my satchel here, and I stand in front of my loom, weaving textiles again and again, inward, outward, weft, weave, inward, outward, weft, weave. Inward, outward, weft, weave. Now move it back around to the end of the row. Inward, outward, weft, weave. You'll be sad to learn that I died in a mill fire shortly after arriving at work today. It was an isolated fire consuming only my small section of the mill. Thank you for your time. 
Grave number one. Amelia Sharper, born 1644, died 1660, played by Elizabeth Loach. Hello there. I'm Amelia Sharper, daughter of Harlan and Emily Sharper, and the fifth of their ten children. You've probably heard of me. At least I hope my name lives on. Has it? Well, in case your answer was no, I'll tell you the story of how I saved the souls of Kitty Walkie. I was 16 when my father's friend the sailor informed him by letter that there was a village in Massachusetts that had no blacksmith. We loaded up our horse and headed south. I walked alongside father, and the triplets were kept in a bag, slung over the horse's back. I was a very large child. Mother always said I took the strength of the others, and the journey was exciting for me. I quickly realized that Kitty Walkie was not what I expected. It seemed to my eyes that everyone was naked. Sound familiar? If you're a student of history, it will. Unlike other New England villages which were settled by the Puritans, Kittiwaukee was founded by a group of mutinous sailors, and it was perfectly acceptable for men and women to be nude on the beaches while swimming and at certain other times that historians do not fully understand. I was 16, and my body and my mind were changing fast. It pained me to look on those filthy, sunburned, naked forms. I quickly decided that this had to change. But how, might you ask, could a young girl in 17th century New England make a difference in society? One day, as I was walking along the water, I came across yet another nude man asleep in the scrub. Without a thought, I threw one of my many woolen shawls forcibly over his body. It was as though I was possessed. The extreme weight of the wool awoke him, and he yelled, Woman, why have you covered me? I had no choice, I told him. From that day on, I covered most every nude I saw. My father supported me. And so I posted a sign on the door of his shop saying that those sympathetic to my cause should meet on the rope rug pile by the docks on Sunday morning. Many more people showed up that morning than I had ever dreamed. Men, women, children, even dogs. I spoke before the group. Once again, I felt myself to be possessed. We set out along the water, the beaches, the docks, the rivers, the ponds, throwing a rug on every naked man and woman we saw. Many of the nudes began to swim out into the harbor, but I was not to be outfoxed. I got in a boat and rowed after them, throwing out rugs when I neared their splashing bodies. No one knows for sure what happened after that, but I did not return to the shore alive. 
Many speculate that I fell into the water while trying to wrestle a rug onto a nude. Following that Sunday, many more people wore clothes. No one can say we did not make a difference. We did make a difference. Grieve number 401 Mordecai Moskowitz, born 1955, died 1982, played by Andrew Callahan, parental advisory. The following dramatic story is not appropriate for all children. Children, please go stand alone in the cemetery. All right, my name is Morty Moskowitz, and I'm the I'm the son of Abraham Moskowitz and Eva Moskowitz. But my mother's maiden name was originally Breitbart Lahayam Sasasis. I had a quiet childhood. I was an only child, but I always loved to dance. My mother told me I would sometimes just stand on the table, screaming, dance, dance, have a good time. This was before I could even walk, and I was telling my friends to have a good time. I didn't like school much, played hooky a lot, but I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Lemonade stands, before all the kids were out of school, I had my lemonade stand all set up, ready to go, ready to feed and nurture people. By the time time I was 21, I had a mentor, Andy Callahan, the craziest guy in town. He was the funnest guy to meet, walking around at night, going to casinos across the river, doing anything you might think we might be able to do. We did it, and we did it well. So my mentor, Andy, he and I hatched a plan. We thought, hey, Kitty Walkie's a fine, quaint little place, but no way to have a good time. Always going to our friends' basements, always hanging out in car parks, or else leaving town, taking the next train to Boston or Southie or Chelsea. But that wasn't enough. I wanted it to happen right here. I wanted to fall asleep in my own bed at night, at least try to make it there on foot. So we hatched a plan. We said, hey... This place needs a club, and I want to see all the faces of everyone in Kittiwaki at this club. All ages, all colors, all shapes. So we made an all-ages club. That was when Jonah Metropolis was mayor. A short, brief time after the war, all our boys were coming home, and I was friends with Jonah, Mayor Metropolis. And we told him our plan. We said, we want to have a club, we want to call it Faces, and it's going to be right here at the edge of town, just on the other side of the line, he said. That way, nobody gets hurt. Kittiwaki is still Kittiwaki, and you guys can have a good time, and hey, guess what? Maybe I'll come by sometime. Give it a little dignity. So that's what we did. I had some friends in construction, so we built this club out of aluminum foil and bamboo. The first night was a blast, but when the wind got strong, it all blew down right on top of our heads. But the music kept playing, and we were out in the parking lot dancing. That's when I knew that there were people that wanted faces to exist. So we took it seriously. We got some guys out, some girls too, just to keep us company. And we built this club with sturdy materials, like wood and brick and glue. By J- January of 1978, Faces was a reality, and I was behind the turntables every night, just like my little toddler self. Dance, dance, dance. 
By 1982, I was heavily into hallucinogens and amphetamines, and I died of an overdose with my head in the toilet of the women's bathroom. The building is still on Route 95 today, but the club closed down three days after I died. And so concludes our audio tour. I have been the host of the audio tour, Mrs. Georgina Speck, Chairwoman Emerita of the Kitiwaki Historical Society. Thank you for spending time at the cemetery. Not These People, The Improvised World of Brendan Pelsu and Natasha Haverty is performed and produced by Brendan Pelsu and Natasha Haverty. Our theme music is by Rocky Sastry. <laughs>